The Varsity is a podcast from 22nd Century Media and sponsored by Gail's Brownies. Decadent desserts great for holiday, corporate, and personal gifts. Gail's Brownies, the best you'll ever taste. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity North Shore Edition with Mike Woody and Nick Frazier. I am Michael Dwojek here. Here for another week to get you through uh, the craziness that it is that we call life right now, um, whether you're listening on your commute to or from work or listening uh, in your kitchen or just in your basement or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to us as always. Um, given everything that's going on, we're not going to be doing our regular four-quarter format, I feel like, for a bit. Um, so hang with us as we uh, continue to adapt every single week and uh, try to make sure we're kind of giving you guys the most uh, updated information, but also entertain you guys at the same time. So in this week's uh, episode of the Varsity, in the first, we're going to do a three-period uh, format. In the first period, we are going to um, just give you guys the latest update on what is going on uh, related to spring sports here. Um, what IHSA gave out a statement um, that at this point is probably obsolete and probably will change, but we'll still talk about it. In the second period, we'll talk about um, everything that our current athletes are doing, whether that be uh, staying in shape, as we talked about um, in some of our stories. We did a couple stories about uh, alumni having their seasons canceled. So we're just going to kind of talk about what their reaction has been to all this taking place and how they're kind of handling it. And in the third period, we're going to talk about alumni um, and how they did when back when they were playing sports in the fall and the winter. Um we decided to like nominate each person or each uh, school to have one alumni and just talk about how they did. So without any further ado, let's get started here and uh, enter the first period of the podcast where we're going to talk about the IHSA and its decision on what uh, we're going to do uh, moving forward. So essentially the IHSA uh, last Tuesday uh, released a, a statement saying that play will not be taking place until at least March 30th. Um, and then they set a hard date on March 30th there. And then um, from then on, they kind of talked about, uh, well, it would need to be approved by different governing bodies, the government, the uh, medical field and school boards and districts and all that kind of stuff. So, um, well, they seem very optimistic about uh, getting started on March 30th. Uh, they admitted in their statement that um, that it wasn't going to be 100% on March 30th. And based on all our schools uh, extending their uh, e-learning and having no stuff at, at school properties, it seems less likely that it's going to be take, uh, taking place. So, uh, Nick, why don't we get you started? And what, what was your just general reaction when you saw uh, the press release from the IHSA and how feasible it was? Uh, well, yeah, I think we all uh, kind of agreed that a return date of March 30th was uh, highly unrealistic and unlikely just considering, you know, schools had – some schools weren't coming back uh, – well, sticking to e-learning until at least April 4th, like Lake Forest was. So and that never really seemed realistic at all. This is something that is obviously very serious and needs more time to, uh, to handle. I think the return – Possible return date of April 8th is much more realistic. Uh, that That's um, when Governor Pritzker's stay-at-home order will officially end. It'll officially end uh, on April 7th, 
So the next day schools could technically return and sports could technically come back. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it will happen, but no, I, I, I think we all can agree that the March 30th return date was never really uh, that realistic. And I kind of wish the, um, wish that the IHS thing never really got kids hopes up like that. Cause I did, I just never saw that coming at all. Mike, what was your reaction when you saw the press release? It was, it was similar. I, you, you couldn't really imagine kids kids coming back so quickly, especially like now for like Nick mentioned that Lake Forest uh, they come back in uh, April fourth. Nutria extended their e-learning till April thirteenth, fourteenth. So they're coming back even later, and that's and I think we don't know. They haven't said anything about the Catholic schools yet, so it's one of those where you might see more and more schools pushing stuff back. And it kind of seemed like the, the way the IHSA had the cop out was that, well, it'll be up to the schools, but we think this is the date. So it's, it's one of the, I don't know. I was, it's like Nick mentioned, it's really discouraging, especially for like the kids getting their hopes up, like, Oh man, we might be able to do this in like two weeks. And then not. Yeah, it's frustrating just based on, I mean, I understand why the IHSA did it because you can always set a date and extend it, but it'd be harder to like, like if I, it obviously isn't feasible now, but like let's say for some miracle way March 30th worked out and they had set April 6th and um, they'd be like, all right, well, we could have competed on March 30th and saved two weeks of competition and saved the season and that kind of stuff. So I, I kind of understand the IHSA's decision on why, they said March 30th because you can always extend it instead of like, you know, going the other way around. But um, I do agree. It kind of seemed uh, crazy a little bit just to have um, that kind of date out there. Uh, the IHSC also announced that it, it wasn't sure whether or not the spring tournaments will take place as scheduled or be extended in June or July. Uh, spring athletes also cannot compete for their club teams during the spring break, but players can gather to practice as long as the school or coach is not officially organizing the gathering. Athletes can also uh, have personal uh, lessons during this time, and seniors will not be giving uh, any extra year of eligibility. They have eight semesters once they start ninth grade. So um, this kind of the basic stuff that the IHSC kind of answered. They kind of released a statement at the beginning and then talked about um, just kind of gave some Q&A questions that I, are probably frequently asked and that kind of stuff just to figure it out. Um, like uh, like you guys said, I mean, April 8th seems to be now the earliest based on most schools uh, obviously not being able to come back until then. So it's April 8th. Um, I, I mean, at this point, um, you're really pushing it where April 8th seems like it would have to be the date. Um, because I, personally, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel um, and Mike, feel free to uh, chip in here, but I feel like once April 8th, mid-April, I mean, I feel like it would be hard to start a season late April and just have it for May unless they decide to go into, like, June or July. What's even – I think what's even more difficult is from administrators or coaches I've talked to, they haven't even had the discussion yet about when we come back, what's our schedule going to look like? What are we going to do for this? Right now, everything obviously is about the safety of the kids, the safety of the school, making sure that everyone's okay and stuff like that. So, I mean, and it's the end, it's almost the end of March now, and they still haven't they they have to sit down and discuss the schedule because do you just come back for a conference schedule? 
do you just play the teams in your sectional? Do you, how do you do that? And because a lot of like baseball and softball and even sometimes lacrosse can play almost every day. So do you still continue that? Do you have X amount of playing, X amount of like practice time, like you do at the beginning of the year before you go start playing games? Because you, I don't think you can really go like one week of playing time and then right into the playoffs or right into the playoffs. The way I think the one of the guys from, um, yeah, let's just say I think the head of it, Craig Anderson, was on a podcast last week, and I think it made it kind of seem like going further into the summer is they haven't ruled it out, but they'll approach that when they need to or if they need to. It probably would be a good idea if you think about it, like if if they do bring spring sports back just so you have more of a season and it's not so rushed and it's not like just really, really everything's really on top of each other and then you're feeling really overwhelmed because you might, although it might make for an interesting postseason because some teams get hot at the end of the year that are maybe like underdogs and stuff, but I mean, it's it's, it's hard for, because you you haven't even thought about what you're going to do when you get back yet. So it also, I think, depends on when those decisions are made, stuff like that. Selfishly, I mean, I think we'd both we'd all agree that we'd enjoy the June and July uh, idea just based on uh, having stuff to cover and also just having to cover warm stuff instead of uh, cold stuff as we usually do in the spring. But that's selfish uh, on that front. But uh, Nick, do you feel like that that uh, mid-April seems to be the do or die, or do you, how do you feel about uh, when spring sports could actually come back here? Uh, yeah, I think April 8th might be, um, if, if they're not back April 8th, uh, I don't know that sports are coming back at all. Um, cause you'd have to obviously move, you'd probably have to move a lot of the, um, or just a lot of the regionals and sectionals and state tournaments. I know, I think badminton has its sectional like the first weekend in May and then you would return April. And that's the same for, I think, water polo as well. You just wouldn't be able yep. to get, um, Get a lot of games in it all before the the games that mattered uh, showed up. So I, I they have a lot of options, I guess, but also the possibilities out there that this whole um, obviously the coronavirus outbreak is not um, gets worse before before April eighth. So there's also that possibility that things get much worse before they get better. That's kind of in the camp I'm in. Unfortunately, it's just how I'm how I'm taking it. Uh, so. I'm thinking if we're not back by April 8th and the situation has not gotten any better, um, I don't think we'll be uh, we'll be back at all for the spring. As much as it uh, it pains me to say that, but hopefully uh, things do get better and uh, the IHSA can make some on the on the run or on the fly uh, adjustments to uh, get the spring season back in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm sure. Um... They'll either make a statement either this week or maybe probably next week once you get closer than a March 30th date. Um, I feel like they're in no rush right now to be making any type of decisions where, um, honestly, it's such a fluid situation where every single day um, it can change at any instant. So um, I'm sure the IHS will take their time, maybe even make a decision on March 29th or even on March 30th and just say, hey, we're extending this until this date. Um, we're hoping to do X, Y, and Z and that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, like Nick said, it's kind of, it seems like it's going to get worse before it gets better. And, um, it'll be interesting to see how that affects things and whether 
they just decided to call it all together and say it's a lost season. Um, we feel for the seniors and everyone else, but uh, public safety is obviously much more important than uh, playing a few games and that kind of stuff. So that's the latest we know about that situation. So let's move on over now to the second period, which is sponsored by Caldwell Bank Residential Brokerage, the top name for all your North Shore real estate needs. All right, folks, so in the second period, we are going to be talking about um, how kids are kind of reacting and how athletes are reacting to um, everything that's going on. We talked to a lot of athletes about how they're staying in shape right now. We talked to to some alumni um, about how they're um, kind of reacting to losing their seasons and that sort of stuff. So um, why don't we start with you, Nick, because I know we all started, uh, we all talked about it to our uh, athletes, but... Uh, you kind of put the story together and kind of took the lead on. Um, yeah. How athletes are kind of uh, – how athletes are staying in shape during this time because um, obviously they want to stay in shape just in case uh, the season does come back and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, in your story, what what did you kind of discover um, in your story about how athletes are staying in shape and how they're kind of handling this uh, really limbo time? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the good news is that they don't have much else to do, right? They can't go outside. You can't uh, <laughs> can't really leave uh, your house unless uh, for essential items. So they do have plenty of time to uh, to get those workouts in, and they're going about athletes um, in the area are going about in a bunch of different ways. Um, some athletes have, you know, uh, like weights and such in their in their garage, maybe their basement they can use. Uh, talk to a baseball player who has a batting cage, so. They're able to have some uh, have some training gear at the house already and getting to work on it. Um, running has also been very popular because we had we had a few nice days of weather uh, the last week or so, and kids are able to go out and uh, run just to stay in shape. Uh, and even now's the time to work on the mental side of the game. I was talking to um, a softball player who, who's been reading a couple books about baseball just to keep uh, her mind intact and to improve her mental toughness uh, in case the game does come back. So. Uh, kids are obviously going about it in different ways. I think um, without having coaches with you or having coaches at your disposal, kids are really just trying to stay in basic, I think just in basic shape uh, because you're not really able to work on um, the fundamentals and the drills so much. If you're a baseball player, it might be hard to practice fielding ground balls right now unless, uh, you know, your dad, your dad's around, you have a brother on the team you can help out with, or even uh, regularly hit uh, if you don't have the, proper equipment or and such. So right now I think the what players are trying to do right now is just stay in the best shape that they can uh, and also keep in touch with their teammates too to see what they're doing to stay in shape as well. I'm thinking once if we if if, if we do return uh, in April, uh, we'll see maybe the fundamentals will flip a bit, but I think kids will still be in a decent amount of shape, at least obviously good enough to play uh, to play games right away, which is what they'll have to do. Mike, with the players that you talk to, what are some of the different ways that they're just kind of trying to stay in shape and kind of handling this entire thing? What I thought was kind of cool is like some of the people I talked to, they're they're on their upperclassmen are kind of the ones that are leading the way a little bit on what to do and like to keep them motivated. They'll have their strength and conditioning coaches from like Loyola and Nutria will each have their strength and conditioning coaches giving them advice on like what to do and stuff like that. But it seems like the upper class and the seniors especially are the ones that are kind of leading the charge with a lot of stuff where they'll give them daily, like daily motivation, daily, daily confidence, daily things to maybe do Mm -hmm. 
for like some of the other sports, it might be easier to do at home. Like baseball might be a little harder, but like for lacrosse, you can practice your uh, stick skills by throwing a ball against the wall. You so I mean so and so you can do those things. Uh, I'm guessing like for soccer, maybe if you're a goalie, someone can shoot on you if you have a if you have something that you can use as kind of a goal. But like some of it's kind of, some of this other stuff might be kind of hard. Like for for example, like water polo. You have to, like, yeah. you have to use the pool somewhere. I mean, then some, so those might be difficult, but I think, I think what, re, what I found really awesome in the story that we, that we all came up with, all the different people we talked with was all, was that the different, was that different kids were saying that all of them were kind of keeping in contact with each other, motivating them, keeping them like, keeping them upbeat so that they are prepared for when that season comes. And, that's just a sign of good being good teammates and good leadership. Yeah, exactly. It's just mm-hmm. very encouraging to watch how these, uh, especially for these seniors who um, might not even have a season this year, are kind of taking leadership as captains and um, leading the way for their teams to uh, um, be ready and get ready as they're going forward. I mean, I, I talked to Tyler Crone of GBM Baseball, and he talked about how um, as a pitcher, um, especially in baseball and softball, I feel like they're such creatures of routine where um, you need to pitch every X amount of days to kind of stay in your routine. Or if you come back into the season, you're you're just going to be messed up when you get back there and you're going to be out of your routine and you're not going to be throwing as well um, as you normally would. So, I mean, Tyler Crone is throwing uh, twice a week. He's throwing to his dad out in the backyard. Um, it's just finding those types of different ways of uh, trying to stay in shape and trying to stay in your routine so that if and when uh, the season does come back, um, they're ready to go. Because at this point, it seems like we were talking about earlier in the first period, um, it's going to be a mad march and quick march where, heck, you're probably playing 15 games if not 10 games, and uh, whoever wins the most out of those 15 games probably gets the most best seed, and that really affects your playoffs and that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how they continue to work on that. I know I caught up with some uh, GBS and GBN alumni who uh, had their seasons taken away in college. Um, obviously all disappointed that still, uh, whether they get another year of eligibility is still up in the air um, just based on how things are looking. Um, and the NCAA trying to figure out how to do eligibility uh, with freshmen, obviously coming in next year too. Um, but uh, a, a lot of sad faces, a lot of sad um, answers to how they're approaching it, kind of surreal and that kind of stuff. But um, everyone's just looking forward and using this as motivation to move forward uh, whenever we uh, end up all getting back to our regular styles of life and playing again and playing sports uh, as we all love to. So let's move on over now to the third period, which is sponsored by uh, New Balance North Shore. Get your better fitting athletic shoes and gear at New Balance North Shore. Just go to Port Clinton Square at Highland Park um, for all the latest deals um, whenever they are back open for that. So in the third period, we're going to be talking about some alumni. Now is a good time to talk about how um, some players are doing. Uh, so we all decided to do pick one um, alum, alumnus or alumna from our schools and just talk about what they did during the fall and the winter. That was kind of impressed us. We just decided to do the six basic schools. Um, Loyola, GBS, GBN, uh, New Trier, HP, and LF. Um, so, Nick, why don't you start by talking about your uh, two athletes that kind of impressed you and impressed the rest of the college sporting world 
um, during the fall and the winter. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just from Lake Forest, we had uh, Wittenberg junior guard Delaney Williams. Uh, she was named the North Coast Athletic Conference uh, top defensive player uh, for the 2019-2020 girls basketball season uh, over at Wittenberg. Uh, she earned her third selection to an all-NCAC team. Uh, at, she actually jumped up to second team after back-to-back honorable mention accolades uh, the previous two seasons. Um, as a defender, uh, she helped uh, the Tigers' defensive unit rank third uh, in the league uh, in defense, holding opposing teams to just 37% shooting from the field per game. Uh, Delaney Williams averaged uh, just under two steals per game uh, and then had five games with three or more steals, and she also had uh, 71 total rebounds to earn um, that top defensive player honor. Uh, for Wittenberg, so that's very cool to see for Glenn Williams, of course, a former uh, Lake Forest High School Scouts uh, girls basketball star. Should I get right into my Highland Park one, Jack? Yeah, get in there. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, for Highland Park, we had um, freshman girl soccer player Jolie Carl uh, did a feature on her that will be in the next issue of the Landmark, of course. Um, she had a pretty nice freshman season with Washington University in St. Louis. It's in St. Louis, right, Woj? Yes. I get that confused all the time. I think it's of I think it's of St. Louis. But anyway, Carl had a pretty solid year, uh, playing in 16 games, uh, starting a handful of games as well. Uh, she also had two goals and an assist. One of her goals was a game winner against uh, number five, uh, Division III's number uh, fifth-ranked fifth team, Wheaton, uh, early in September. So she got a good amount of playing time playing on a very successful team. Uh, that had, I believe, maybe 18 or 19 wins on the year. So uh, she carved out a nice role for herself as a freshman, and uh, she'll earn even more playing time and more opportunities uh, next season. Well, congrats to those athletes on the impressive uh, campaigns during their college careers. Uh, um, Hopefully to see more of that. Um, Woj, why don't you tell us about your athletes and how uh, they did this uh, past fall and winter? So for for mine, for Nutrier was Jeannie Bain. She is a senior, I guess maybe was now. So she was a senior basketball player at Harvard University. She completed her career with a second team all Ivy League honor, which was her second in her career. Uh, she, What I found really cool is she finished, she almost finished averaging a double-double uh, this year, averaging 9.7 points and 9.1 rebounds. What's really sad is she came three points short in her of her of scoring a thousand points in her career, and it, she would have hit that mark in the Ivy League tournament if they had had it. But she finished her career ranked second all time at Harvard in blocks and fourth in rebounds. So that was for that was really that was a really nice way to see Jeannie finish her career that way. And um, for Loyola, actually, we we had a story about this football player in December, uh, John Shannon. He won, the oh, yeah. inaug- he won the inaugural Collegiate Long Snapper Award, which start which was started this year. It's called the Patrick Manley Award. And I think now from what we've read and what we what we've heard, it's kind of, their their goal is to try to get that to go up with uh with all the rest of those like big time awards that you always hear all these college football players winning. Cause there really wasn't any award for long snappers. So 
the uh, Loyal alumnus. He's at Notre Dame right now, so it's 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 a big deal. Like, and it was it's awesome that he was able to be the first one to do it as well. So to be able to do that, really really exciting for him. Yeah, congrats to those athletes. Um, really cool honors, really first time honors as well. So congrats to them. Um, for GBN for GBS, and let's start off with GBN here. Uh, Colleen Dillon was. Uh, Tufts University uh, women swimmer, um, where uh, obviously a GBN alumna, and uh, she uh, was named uh, NCAA top 30 finisher in the NCAA Woman of the Year award. Um, obviously for her performance on uh, in the pool, but also outside of the pool. I mean, she was a top 30 finalist uh, for the 2019 award, and um, just when I caught up with her back in uh, December, she talked about how cool it was. Um, to just uh, be recognized for that and to see an award where um, you see all these women athletes who are doing great things, not only um, in their respective fields of play, but they're also doing great things um, for the community and for their school. And they're uh, very smart and very, like, dedicated to the classroom and that kind of stuff. So it was really cool to catch up with her just to see um, how she enjoyed that experience. And uh, obviously the honor of being a top 30 uh, nominee and, uh, just sharing that experience of what it's kind of like to um, do a lot in the pool and do a lot well competitively, but also uh, making a difference in the community um, outside of the pool as well. And then for G- uh, for GBS, uh, Jack Whetstone was always a strong competitor, and uh, now he runs uh, cross-country and track for Emory University. But this past fall, um, he was uh, named Male Athlete of the Year honors um, he earned University Athletic Association at the week honors as well. He made it to nationals. Um, and he kind of was a part of a group where uh, Emory got a new uh, coaching staff. Um, and like we're seeing with these high school athletes now, uh, he and his senior or he and his senior and junior group kind of took leadership and decided to uh, um, lead the way with workouts and help build a new type of Emory bond and Emory leadership group. So, um, Obviously, he uh, earned um, the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association D3 South Southeast Male Athlete of the Year honors um, for his impressive work on and off the field. So, uh, congratulations to him on being honored for a great honor and for showing for both of them showing a lot of great leadership uh, during this time. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's everything uh, for this week's episode of the podcast. A different episode as well. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys are uh, keeping up with everything that we are putting out there. There might not be any sports, but there's still a lot of stories to tell. So make sure you're turning into any of our North Shore Hope pages for um, for the sports stories, for the news stories, for the life and art stories, and for all the latest you need to know about coronavirus in the area. Um, for the future, we uh, I think we decided we're going to do a bracket, as not, not surprisingly, um, with March Madness not in our lives right now, you got to get, get your bracket fixed in. And we decided to do a top 16 bracket um, for all uh, the memories we have from the school year so far. Um, mm-hmm. And there are a lot of memories so far this year. So um, we'll make sure to put a bracket together. We're going to do our top 16 moments from all our North Shore schools. We're going to put that together um, and put a bracket together in the newspaper. And then um, I think next week we'll probably do our first two rounds where we'll do our uh, go do an elite eight and have a final four. 
And then the following week, we'll do a Final Four and Championship game um, to talk about what is going on there. So um, that's something to look forward to as well. We've talked about doing other type of brackets and kind of rankings as well. We'll uh, figure out um, exactly what we're going to do, but uh, we'll continue to find ways to entertain you guys and entertain ourselves uh, as we try to get through this moment. So uh, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search the Varsity North Shore and we'll be there. Give us a nice little review um, once you're there as well, too. We're on the home pages of all our North Shore websites. And uh, obviously, you guys can find us on Facebook at the Varsity Podcast as well. So, for Mike, Nick, and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. And until the next time, we'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Varsity Podcast, a product of 22nd Century Media, publisher of 15 community newspapers and websites in Illinois, seven on the North Shore. The Varsity is sponsored by Gales Brownies, Chicago Lee Magazine, Ravinia Festival, and New Balance North Shore. Check out the Varsity every Thursday on SoundCloud or go to iTunes to subscribe and put in a review.